You're listening to Mornings with Mercy. Mornings with Mercy. Welcome back to another episode of Mornings with Mercy. It's your host, Mercedes. And yes, I should have had this up a week ago, but last week I was at the beach with my dad's family and it was just so nice to kind of be at the beach, get some sun before the end of summer. So without further ado, here is part two of Being Brilliant with Kaylee. Enjoy, guys. Um, all right. Speaking of cooking hobbies. You have a lot of hobbies. I kind of was jotting down some and then I was like, Kaylee just has a hobby out of like everything. <laughs> so we that's like to called travel. ADHD. That's actually, ADHD. that's what it's called. Yeah. <laughs> we go through phases. Um, Kaylee likes to travel. I think when I first met you, you guys shortly then left for this like road trip. Um, that was like, I think back over, it was definitely super COVID times, mm-hmm. um, but everybody was doing those like road trips around like the U.S. and I definitely wanted to do one. What made you guys decide to do that? So that was actually that trip I mentioned before, right before I started my new job. Um, we, so during COVID, um, the roommate I had who had signed the lease with me, she ended up, so I, actually let me rewind. The first year I lived in DC, I lived by myself. I thought that would be a good experience. I wanted to try it. Um, I realized that I do not like living by myself. I am too social of a person and it was very boring and I didn't enjoy it. So I wanted a roommate really bad. I had signed up to room with this girl who I knew through a mutual friend. I was really excited to live with her. She had a dog. Griffin was going to have a brother. It was going to be great. Um, she ended up not being able to, you know, follow through with the lease, um, for personal reasons. And uh, I think mostly because of COVID and she was like, why would I move here during COVID, which I understand honestly. Um, but it kind of sucked for me because again, I was stuck in a a year long lease where I was by myself and I didn't want to be by myself and everything shut down in DC and I was kind of everything. Yeah. DC was really shut down. Um, which makes sense but like I was super super isolated and it definitely sent me into a like spiral emotionally and I just really didn't it was just hard like everything was really difficult Um, and I was struggling and I needed to get out of there like I just needed to do something other than sit in my tiny apartment by myself with my dog Um, and so I think my boyfriend was feeling the same way and we talked about it and we realized like everything is so cheap to travel right now because nobody wants to travel for obvious reasons. Um, I was not in contact with anybody that it was, you know, risky. Like I was really by myself or with Logan, my Mm -hmm. boyfriend, um, or my dog. Um, those were the three people that I was interacting with. Yes. Griffin is a people. Um, (laughs) And so we decided to go on this trip and it was so inexpensive. I think altogether we spent like 350. I think that oh was including gosh. like flights. I wish I was closer with you then. And I, I know. Gone. We could have it would have been great. You could have kept Austin company, Logan's brother, but um <laughs> we um we yeah, it was super cheap. The 350 included like flights. Um we rented cars. We, that uncovered our hotel stays or Airbnb, whatever we were staying in. And, and we started the trip in Miami, Florida. Um, 
we were there for a couple of days and then we went to Nashville, Tennessee. Fast forward, now I live there. I clearly <laughs> liked it. Um, and then from Nashville, we went to, gosh, I'm trying to remember where we went next. Did you do Austin? We we did Austin. They did Denver. But that was a separate oh, trip. Okay. That was, was Denver, trip. Austin, LA. Did yeah, I LA think we separate trip. Gosh, I did a, couple I did a trips. lot of traveling yeah. during this time. Um, but so I, much traveling. We went to Arizona. <laughs> oh. And then, because we did Grand, well, we did Grand Canyon and we did Angel's Landing. Angel's Landing is the coolest hike ever. I did it, but I only went up to, like, I started, like, the, you know, the last part Mm -hmm. that's, like, three-fourths of a mile, and I, my mom and I were both just, like, like, we've seen it as far as we need to go. It's not worth it. You have to do it. No, you need to go back and do it. I am so afraid of heights. And there's nothing to protect you. It literally just falls off the side of the mountain. People just will watch you fall to your death. Yeah, honestly, I'm kind of surprised they let people do it. Yeah, I know. It's it's definitely a dangerous hike. Um, I'm adventurous, but safely. And heights are just, like, my one thing. Like, heights. Well, yeah. and snakes, but you're oh, nice. I'm afraid of snakes too. Like they're creepy. Yeah, heights just get me. Um, and you're also like holding on to a chain, and, and then like other people slide. are holding on to the same chain as they're coming back down. So yeah. it's not a well thought out plan. And then I'm just like paralyzed, and people are like trying to get around me, and they're being nice because they're like, "It's fine, take your time." And I'm like, I don't know what's wrong with all of you. It is scary, but I will tell you, you the view is the so top. so worth it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was kind of refreshing to get to the top and be like, heck yeah, I did that. Um, it was a cool hike. Uh, and then gosh, we, after that, I think we did Grand Canyon after that. Mm. Grand Canyon was cool, but I think I needed to spend more time there cause we only did a day there. And honestly, it kind of looked big all the same. Yeah, yeah. Because I just, we couldn't cover enough ground for it to look different. Um, <laughs> like <laughs> this is it? it's just, it's huge. Like it, we just, I wish I would go back and try it again, but, um, so we were leaving Arizona, driving to the airport, realized that our flight had been canceled to go to L.A., um, which was very unfortunate. <laughs> uh, this was like 30 minutes before we were supposed to get to the airport that we realized this. Um, and it actually had been canceled months prior, and the airline had never notified us. Oh, Frontier? Um, was this Frontier? Absolutely, it was Frontier. <laughs> I have a lot of things to say about Frontier. <laughs> Um, they know who I am. (laughs) Anyways, (laughs) um, so we ended up renting a car and driving to Los Angeles. That was a very long drive. (laughs) Let me tell you. It was like, I think it, how long is that? I don't know. I feel like it was like six hours, but if I'm wrong about that, I'm sorry. I don't know. Um, it was a long drive. I get very car sick in the back Mm. seat. Um, it was rough. Uh, it was rough. It's it was it put a little damper on the trip, but um, oh my gosh, I forgot. We went to Las Vegas. Yeah, yeah. Wait, okay. This was before all that havoc. But rewind. Um, yeah, rewind. We went to Las Vegas. Um, that was your first time in Vegas. I had never been. It is very different during COVID. I would assume. I have not been back. I would like to, but um, the streets were so empty and it was so clean. Like it was immaculately clean. I can't imagine that I think Vegas it's still is normally pretty that clean. I would say it's still pretty clean. Really? Yeah. I mean, I've, I've only been like two times, two or three times. We had to go back. And I think it's relatively like pretty. I mean, there's every city's got dirty parts. I've been mm-hmm. three times. Yeah. And I would say it's pretty like I, I think it's pretty clean. I mean, the hotels do a really nice job. Obviously, they're hotels. They're all really fancy. But I feel like even the streets, like they do a good job of 
keeping it clean yeah i mean it was immaculately clean and there was nobody out there it was like a ghost town and uh which is i mean in a way kind of cool because i twilight zone like home alone or something where everybody's left it you and you like just got left behind yeah it was kind of weird um there was nobody i mean there was nobody outside and it was kind of chilly and like were the clubs empty well they were all closed like you, we couldn't go anywhere like we just went to go see the areas at the time yeah. part of the reason we went on this big trip was because i was like i need to leave dc i you know grew up really close to here i need to leave like i need to try something different i was mm-hmm. looking for somewhere to live like logan and i were both looking for a you know different place to try um not i don't think i could move to las vegas but it was it was on the way and i thought it'd be cool to stop there mm-hmm. um but yeah, we walked down the strip. It was super barren. And then we ended up staying at Caesar's Palace in one of the really nice I suites. I love Caesar's Palace. It was $60 oh a my night. Gosh. It was amazing. Never again will I have a chance to stay at Caesar's Palace in a suite for $60. For $60, yeah. It was amazing. <laughs> it was a beautiful hotel room. The hotel was beautiful. Like going through the Venetian, the Bellagio was amazing. Great experience. Highly recommend. Um, but yeah, anyways, back to LA. We went to LA. I've been to LA a couple times before um LA was really weird during COVID like I honestly kind of had a bad taste in my mouth after that just because like in the past Logan and I like our first trip ever together was to Los Angeles and we went for a whole week and it was so much fun and I loved it and I like that was before I graduated college and at the time I was like I want to move there if it wasn't so expensive yeah I feel like every time you come back from like the west coast it's like oh I could see myself here it's sunny you know the weather's great the weather's amazing 24 7 yeah Um, and you're just taxed out the wazoo yeah it's very expensive (laughs) um but yeah when we went during COVID uh, it was kind of our hotel experience was terrible they had to switch our room like three times there were cockroaches in our room oh my gosh where were you staying not the Bellagio no (laughs) Well, and we also, like, I think we had to get a different reservation because when we missed our flight or our flight was canceled and we drove there, we ended up getting in at, like, 3 a.m. And um, the car that we were supposed to rent there had been, like, given away. So then we had to, like, figure out a way to get – it was just a mess (laughs) at that point. Um, But that was kind of toward the end of our trip and then came back. And, yeah, that was that. That's fine. And then then you guys did, an, I think, another trip. No, because you went to Austin. And I remember yes. you guys were, like, kind of set on moving there. Oh, we and were 100% you went, set. Yeah, yeah. And then you went and you came back and you're like, it's not Austin. It's not Austin. And I was like, oh. Yeah. <laughs> well, everyone had always told me that I would like Austin. Um, it's a foodie. You like food. It's foodie. Yeah. I like, and it sounded like somewhere I would like. I've heard it's kind of similar to Nashville. Mm-hmm. Um, and Logan and I were, like, we are like, we'll just move there. Like, sight unseen. Let's just go. Like, everyone says it's great. Fantastic. That's why I let you guys go first. I was like, mm, they're, they're young. They'll go test it out for me. <laughs> I think I think it was Logan's mom who was like, maybe you guys should go visit first. Like, maybe you guys Susan. should go see what it's like. Yeah, she's smart. Smart lady. Um, she, she sounds uh, like my I'm pretty sure it was her who, like, knocked some sense into us. But we ended up going to visit. Um, and I did not like it one bit I didn't like it at all um I think to be fair I think it was very different during COVID and I think if I went back today I I might like it very much and like it might be a very different experience um yeah but But like at that point who knew when things were going back yeah it also rained the entire weekend we were there and it was stormy and gross and like I'm sure that didn't help you know the (laughs) whole environment It was just like, God being like, this is not for you. Yeah. God was like, absolutely not. <laughs> absolutely not. <laughs> Try something else. But hey, that's why I'm in Nashville now. Exactly. Yeah. 
That's why I'm in Nashville. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, hey, do you like it there? Cool, I'm coming. Um, what are, What is one of the favorite places that you went to on your COVID travels? Because you guys went to Mexico mm. too, right? That was post, well, I, I was like During COVID kind of kinda? at the very end of COVID. I don't know if that, if that was this year. Was it? Yeah, that was the beginning of this year. That was January. And you did Florida. Yeah. I guess that's this year too. Yeah. This year's been really long. Yeah. <laughs> this has been a long year. I don't know. Is COVID over? Like, I, I don't think so. Somebody was saying that the other day where they were like, I mean, it's still like pandemic-y. When does the pandemic officially end? Because COVID doesn't. I've lost all sense of reality. I don't know what's going on. Years Um, of kind of Mexico. If if Mexico counts, then Mexico probably was my favorite place. I mean, I um, funnily funnily enough, when I was working for that whack job company, (laughs) um, that was a terrible work experience. I met um somebody who is very important to me, and his name is Santiago, and he was also working for the company at the time, and. He calls me his sister, and I call him my brother, and he really is my my brother from another mother. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I had not seen him. He is not a U.S. citizen, so after he left that company, he had to go back to Mexico. And um, he and I have kept in t- contact. He's very good friends with Logan as well, and I hadn't seen him in like two years um, and so we decided to go to Puerto Vallarta, where he lives, um, for two weeks, and it was an amazing trip, and it was cool because, like, we didn't do the touristy trip to Mexico. Mm-hmm. It was very, like, led by locals, you know, Santi and his girlfriend were there, and our other friend Ricky were fantastic hosts, and we got to see a different part of Mexico that I don't think we would have seen had we just, you know, gone yeah, to Cancun the, or gone to, right. you know, the normal spots. The resorts and stuff. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. All right. Our second. That was just hobby number one. Hobby <laughs> number two is her coffee addiction. Oh, gosh. Just kidding. Um, but Kaylee makes a great cup of coffee. And when we first moved in, my mom had come. And she. I didn't have any coffee. Yet, but I was like, I know Kaylee makes good coffee. Because she's got this fancy machine that she's imported my from Italy. My rocket ship. Yes. And I was like, Mom, if you're nice, Kaylee will probably make you a cup. And before <laughs> I, Kaylee, like... My mom even talked to her. Kaylee's like, may I make you a cup? And mom's like, that's like you read my mind. <laughs> what? <laughs> um, so how did your love for coffee start? Mm. Um, I was not a coffee drinker for a very long time. Um, that's how all addictions start. Yeah. <laughs> I know, right. Um, on my 16th birthday, I went literally on that day. I went, I guess for some reason, like you could get. I think that was, I don't know why, like, there must be some law in Maryland about, like, jobs. I had had jobs previously, but I think there was some, like, difference in, like, why I wanted oh. to apply that day. But um, I don't know why. Or maybe you get I was a full-time just time job that day. <laughs> um, I went to downtown Bethesda, and I applied everywhere that looked interesting. And I kind of stumbled upon Dolceza, which is the coffee shop I ended up working at for six years. Um, and I went in, and the manager was there when I went in, and she was very bubbly and a very positive person and I immediately just kind of clicked with her and she offered me a job there that day. I had never drank coffee in my life. I don't know if I told them that or not, but I had never drank coffee. Coffee's my favorite. I love coffee. Um, yeah, so I, it was a gelato shop too. So I started out as a gelato scooper. Um, and moved your way up. Yeah, and then I moved my way up and then um, they offered like um, coffee trainings and they had a relationship with a roaster called Stumptown Coffee which is a really well-known roaster out of 
I think they're technically based out of Oregon, but they also have a roster in New York. Um, and they had representatives that would come down and train us. Um, so I was really fortunate to train with some of the best coffee connoisseurs in the United States. Um, and I went through a lot of training, a lot of hours. And they, I remember like my first day of training, they made us take like six espresso shots oh in my like gosh. 30 minutes. And I thought I was going to die. Like I had never had coffee before, ever, <laughs> ever. Never had even drank like this. This is when they put your coffee. lie to the test. Like, oh, I thought you drank coffee. Oh, yeah. That's a lie. Never mind. Um, Am I old enough to take these? I was like, I think I'm going to have a heart attack. Um, so, yeah, I, I went through this training program with them, and I I really fell in love with it because coffee is such a – like, traditional coffee is so – there's so much that goes into it. It's kind of like people who get really into wine, mm-hmm. like um, just tasting different coffees, like the differences in how coffee is made, and there's so much that goes into it. It became really fascinating to me. So what makes a good cup of coffee? A lot. A lot of <laughs> things. Um, so – how coffee is harvested is a big thing. Um, coffee beans come from a fruit. It's called a coffee cherry. Um, and the it's way a bush? that... A what? Is it is a fruit grown a bush? It's on a tree. Oh. Yeah. They, they kind of look like cherries. They're like this like yellow, reddish little circle fruit. Hmm. Um, they're not like... It's not like a strawberry. Like you wouldn't really eat it by yeah. itself. They're not really like... What do you call it? Um, Edible? They're not like... I feel like like bread is not the right word, but like they're not like designed to be like that's not the important part. Gotcha. Coffee bean is the important part. So sometimes um, I wonder how people just decided like let me take this, I can't eat it, like let me grind it and then yeah. pour hot water on well, it. Well, there's like a whole in between process. Oh. That's what I. That's the We're difference. We're not even. In. <laughs> yeah. So like there there's different ways that you can like so a lot of times countries that like maybe didn't have as much access to water or like where water conservation is more you know essential like maybe like an ethiopian coffee might be processed differently than a a coffee that comes from colombia um like a lot of coffee from ethiopia and similar regions are processed differently they're dried in the sun like the actual coffee bean or coffee fruit the coffee cherry is like set out in the sun and that it's like dried and then that kind of comes off and then they wash it versus Mm -hmm. like uh countries that have more access to water and like heavy heavy machinery can like wash it from the start and they like it's a more um it's called it's like kind of just a quicker process but it takes a lot more energy takes a lot more money is more expensive and both ways kind of give you a different taste like the natural way of like drying it in the sun is going to be a little bit more fruitier because the actual like coffee cherry stays attached to the bean for longer so like all that goes in a coffee Mm -hmm. plus like not to mention like how long you roast it you know how you grind it how you serve it like how much like the coffee to milk ratio there's a whole bunch of stuff I could go on and on about that but that's the gist of what makes a good coffee is gotcha. all of these different factors. When I went to <laughs> Indonesia, we went to, Sharon and I went to this, like, I guess a coffee plantation. I don't know. They had all, I mean, they do it where they, it's more, I think, um, I don't know if the Europeans do it like this, but where they put, like, the mix and they pour hot water over it and then you, like, almost like instant coffee. It's kind of, like, more like that. Mm-hmm. But they had this lemur-looking animal that eats these coffee bean fruit, uh-huh. and they poop it out, and then they take that, and then they use that for the coffee. I've heard of that. Yeah, I never and I tried it. it, and I think I bought my dad some. I don't think he ever you opened it. You ate poop coffee? 
Yeah. Or you drank poop coffee? Yeah, I drank the poop nice. coffee. <laughs> well, I mean, you were there. It's, I've heard it's really expensive. Yeah. I, brought, I don't think my dad's ever... I brought him some back because he's a coffee <laughs> person too, but I'm sure he was deterred when he realized <laughs> where it came from. <laughs> Again, I just don't understand what goes through people's minds of like, oh, like these are still like whole in this like feces. Let me take this and roast it and then serve it to people. Yeah. I couldn't tell you. I just don't. Anyways, <laughs> so I'm assuming that wasn't at Dolcesa. No, but we, we didn't have lemur coffee. Yeah. <laughs> so on a popular, unpopular, unpopular opinion, Kaylee does not like Starbucks. I don't either. So like, I don't take offense to this, but why don't you like Starbucks coffee? <sighs> I have so many things to say about Starbucks, but mainly the reason I don't like them is because they do not follow any of the rules like coffee rules the coffee rules the staples like the bible of coffee they don't follow anything they just load it up with sugar and syrups and it's not coffee like it's just it's not dessert it's a dessert i like that they have well when i was a kid and my parents i don't i guess it doesn't have caffeine that white frap that they have that tastes like vanilla vanilla bean bean frappuccino Mm -hmm. i'm not gonna say that some of their drinks don't taste delicious no i think their coffee tastes like it's like watered down yeah it's crapola it's just not it's not it's not i don't know i when i think of a good cup of coffee i'm thinking of like a traditional european style Mm. you know not that crap so what chain brand of coffee are you getting if there isn't like any like a like a niche place or like a mom and pop shop i will say like when i'm looking for a coffee shop in the area like because that's probably one of my favorite things to do when I move somewhere or when I go somewhere I'm traveling anywhere like finding a good um coffee shop something I look for um is actually the machine that they use and I think looking for a La Marzocco <laughs> machine she calls ahead of time hey what kind of machine do you use no, no 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 I look at the google images come on <laughs> I'm not that crazy um if they have a La Marzocco um or, you know, a similar machine, I, that's I'm what probably... You, that's absolutely, what you have, that's right? what I have, okay. yes. We have a whole coffee bar at They're our place. Um, they, it, Italy makes the best coffee machines, you know? You heard it here first. Um, but a coffee brand that I like to see in coffee shops that is pretty common is Stumptown or Madcap or Intelligentsia. Good to know. Now I'm going to be too... I'm just going to be like, I just want a water. <laughs> <laughs> I think I stress people out with my coffee snobness sometimes. <laughs> No, it's not something good to know, but then you're just like, well, am I, what am I paying for? Fair. You know, yeah. it's like crap coffee. Um, all right. So that was hobby number two. Hobby number three, competitive horseback riding. Um, Kaylee, for those who don't know, she competes professionally, uh, which is really cool. She does dressage. So how did you, I mean, you've been doing this since you were a little kid. Yeah. Um, I've, I've this been on. This is your life. It is my life. I've been on horses since probably before I could walk <laughs> honestly my um my grandparents had horses growing up um and so I just you know I was always around horses and then I didn't start taking lessons until I was seven um and I started out in hunter jumper world um which is where most pony kids mm-hmm. start um and then I switched over to a different barn when I was 11 and they did eventing which is like for those of you who don't know um there's like a stadium there's three rounds you have a stadium round which is where you jump like in an actual arena the jumps are really well maintained they fall down if you hit them 
Um, and then there's a dressage round, which Snoop Dogg describes as horses crip walking. <laughs> or Jack Sparrow running, which I think yeah, that's what it's Whatever called. you want to call it. Um, <laughs> I, most people would describe it as like horses dancing. That's kind of what it looks like. Um, and the third round is cross country and that is when you basically run through a field at a full speed um on a horse and like hurl yourself at these <laughs> jumps that do not <laughs> fall down um they're like stone walls and some of them no. are just ditches in the ground that you're supposed the horse is supposed to see and jump over um which kind of terrified me to no end um so i took a focus on <laughs> in dressage because i like to stay on the horse and on the ground um and so I, I started doing that when I was 11. Um, and then I got, I kind of like built my foundation in high school. And then when I went to college, I started riding with a woman named Lynn Jandrowski. And she had done training in Germany. And she was a very well-known person in the area in my region. Um, and she was way more knowledgeable than anybody that I had ever ridden with before. Um, and she had her bronze, silver, and gold medal. And she now has her diamond achievement, which is the highest achievement you can get in the U.S. Um, so she knew her stuff a lot. Mm -hmm. She was very, very knowledgeable. And honestly, I was terrified of her the first time I rode with her. Um, and she yelled at me the whole time. Um, and there were quite a few lessons where I did leave in tears. Um, but she made me a better writer and she taught me a lot and um, kind of set my head as to where I wanted to go. And I honestly had no idea that there were all of these avenues that I could go with riding. And she helped me form a lot of goals. And she is still a huge mentor to me, not only in the horse riding community, but also just lifestyle and um, just how to be a good person. Yeah, no, that's awesome. And so um, what's it like being on because you were on the equestrian dream at tech so yeah like, i was the it? captain oh were you oh yeah too. not a horse girl but i was the captain so like how do you i guess like i know you're competing now and it's all like subjective because it's like judging it's like ice skating or figure skating in that sense mm -hmm. but like how are you how do you get on but I guess what are tryouts? Like, obviously, if someone gets thrown off their horse, like, maybe that's not a good rider, but... Yeah, if you get thrown off, you're out. <laughs> no. <laughs> it's like immediate disqualification. <laughs> and we can't have them falling off. You know, it's a liability. Um, so, dressage... Like, do you all... Well, I guess you're not all on the same horse, obviously, but, like... No. So, so the, okay, I should start out I by, like... I feel like I would level out the playing field of, like, can somebody... Like, you know, can different people ride on the same horse and, like, do... Just as yes. Well. So something I learned um, from actually when I was the first instructor that I had in dressage had taught me was a good rider can ride one horse. A great rider can ride any horse. Um, that is very, very true because you can put anybody on a very well-trained horse and they'll probably do fine. But mm -hmm. if you put the same person on a crazy nut job horse, it might not go so well. <laughs> um, but... So dressage in its essence, and the reason I'm going to tell you this is because it's very different from the way it's judged in a collegiate atmosphere. So mm. normally in dressage, you are, you know, there's a series of movements that you go through and each one is rated. Um, a judge gives you a mark out of 10 and then they add all that up and then that's your score. Um, you know, they divide it and then you get a percentage basically. And 
to give you like an idea, typically anything above a 60 is demonstrate a 60 to 65 is demonstrating mastery. Um, so however, in, you know, the normal dressage world, you are practicing on the same horse for a very long time and you take that horse to the show. It might be your horse or a horse you lease and then you ride it and you know that horse. In the collegiate world of dressage, you have a 10 minute warm up on a horse that you've never met before, that you've never ridden before, that you draw a name out of a hat. Oh, see, this is interesting. This is like Harry Potter, the Goblet of Fire. Yeah, it's very intimidating. Um, and horses are very large animals and they have a mind of their own and it's 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 a little bit scary to get on so does each sorry does each school like i'm guessing i mean you obviously have horses and you train on them but then if like i'm thinking like sports where like somebody comes to you so let's say tech is hosting Mm -hmm. jmu's equestrian team or do you have multiple equestrian teams and then do you all just like ride tech's horses that's a good question so um there would be like I think there were I don't remember how many schools were in my region like Virginia Tech's region we competed against Emory and Henry um Bridgewater mm-hmm. there oh, were all girl school and it's like closer to I think my like to Lynchburg yeah it's in Wires Cave I think Virginia no I don't idea. know um there were there's other schools that we competed against but it's it's been a while <laughs> um but certain schools would host we had the facilities so we did host and they would be all of our horses so there was always a home show advantage because you knew the horses that you were riding um so yeah there was always that added difficulty of you're getting on a horse that you don't know though when you're not at a home show and sometimes that went well and sometimes (laughs) it didn't go so well and you have have horses tired though i'm sure like after a whole day so each horse i think would go twice oh okay and it's a dressage test is fairly quick they're like five to six minutes but you have a 10 minute warm-up so the horse ends up probably being ridden for 30 minutes gotcha and it's just dressage it wasn't all these other events yeah no just just the dressage um and the collegiate um league I guess you could say only went up to first level so it would be like there's it's not super advanced it was it was it was a good experience for me um the tryouts like you I think circling back to your original question (laughs) um uh the tryouts we I think we just I remember we would get a I was when I was captain I was part of like deciding who would be on the team and who didn't make it we would have um there was a written test, and then there was also, like, you oh had gosh, to Oh, my gosh, a written test? Yes. Well, the written test was to test, like, your knowledge of horses. Of gotcha. Like, what level you That's should be at. Smart. It would go over, like, what competitive, like, what, there were certain rules that IDA, which is, like, the governing body that, you know, ran the league, um, they had certain rules about, like, if you had competed professionally at a certain level, like, you couldn't ride yeah. at a certain level, like, things that like sense. that. makes sense. They had the same thing for yeah. NCAA. Um, and then there was a, a riding test, and we would just have you do basic movements and see where your skill set was at, and that was that. Nobody fell off at the tryouts, luckily. Um, I mean, you did, we ha- kind of did, like, a preliminary screening to make sure that you just didn't come to, like, hop on a horse right. and had never really been on a horse before. And you had to sign a waiver basically mm-hmm. saying, like, you know, if you die, it's not our fault. So <laughs> You signed up for this? You signed up for this. Um, so is it, would you say it's hard? Now you're, it's more of an individual sport because now it's just you. So mm-hmm. do you think it's, like, more difficult than being, like, on a team? Or, like, do you miss that? Um, yeah. I. So when I was a kid, I always wanted to play soccer. The reason I ended up 
kind of going with riding was because I had to do an individual sport because I uh, was traveling back and forth from Maryland to South Carolina where my dad lives so often. And so I couldn't, I couldn't, a team would depend on me too much. So Mm -hmm. riding kind of was an opportunity for me to still be a part of a sport that I could kind of do on my own time. Um, So I've always been used to it being an individual sport. However, being on the team like really gave me a sense of community that I have not like I miss that. I miss that a lot. Um, I had a really good group of friends through that and we did team activities and team bonding stuff. Yeah. And it, you know, it's more than just what you do at the barn. Like there's team dinners and, um, you know, those people become really your closer friends. Mm-hmm. And so coming out of school and moving back into the very individualized sport, um, I do miss that because I, especially now, like I ride at a barn where there's only one other person who rides at that barn is very private barn and I like only see her occasionally so like it's 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 nice because it it's kind of a good like head clearing activity for me like I go I ride like it's very quiet it's nice and yeah. it's relaxing and the barn's super pretty yeah yeah I've come mm-hmm. out a couple times it's a lot of fun just like running around frolicking <laughs> frolicking in the fields um so competing like what's your goal do you want to get you mentioned the diamond earlier right oh that is way down the road for me but I um right now I lease a horse um from my trainer I have my USDF bronze medal which basically means that I've accomplished a certain number of levels and shown mastery at those levels um so there's basically the way it goes is once you start doing recognized shows which are when I say recognized shows, basically that means it goes on your permanent record and they count That's towards driving achievements. Test. <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> so, um, there are, my scores are out there on the internet somewhere. Um, the levels go first, second, third, fourth, and then, um, those are like the USDF levels. And then you start getting up into FEI, which FEI is the like globally mm-hmm. recognized, um, levels and then so you get into pre-saint george and then you have intermediate one intermediate two and then grand prix is the top level so i have accomplished first through third showing mastery which is why i have my bronze and then i'm working toward my silver medal now which includes i have to show mastery at fourth level and pre-saint george um i have not shown fourth level yet but i will be in two weeks yay yeah um we'll see how it goes should be interesting. So does that mean like you just show up to a show and it's other people also competing mm-hmm. for that same level? Yes. I, the main thing, it's not really about your placement. It's more about um, the percentage that I was talking about, like mm-hmm. what your score is. I have to get above a 60%. Uh, I have to have two scores at fourth level and two scores at pre-St. George. And they all have to be over 60% and they have to have different judges. Gotcha. Yeah. This is a really long process. Yes, it's very long. It's very tedious and kind of complicated. (laughs) Yeah, no, I'm like, oh my gosh, this is, it's like super individual Mm -hmm. of like. Yeah, I think long term, I would like to get all of my medals. um, And then right now I compete as an adult amateur. And so I would like to teach at some point, but I'm waiting to get all my medals because if you start teaching before you get them, you have to compete as an open rider and then you get, you compete against other professionals um, who also teach and that's way harder. So (laughs) I'm waiting until after I get my medals to teach. Um, Did your trainer 
yeah compete? my my trainer competes as an open because he is like certified as a trainer gotcha. um he has his silver medal and his i, th- I would assume he has his bronze because he has a silver yeah. um uh, but he is predominantly focused on like eventing he did rolex which is like a huge cross-country event which is really cool to watch and really terrifying to to ride in <laughs> is it, it's a it's all the horses at once right like it's everybody yeah they all I like, just imagine them, them with the like gate. yeah uh-huh immediately no Mm-mm. all right it's gonna be our last question big question what is happiness to you kaylee oh my gosh that is such a big question i've been scared of this question the whole time <laughs> i almost forgot about it <laughs> i'm like wait this <laughs> is what my podcast is <laughs> um happiness to me i thought about this i had a whole answer ready to go um and now i forget what it was um I am really big on growth, like personal growth, financial growth, career growth. Um, And I think for me, at least, happiness in my life came from like finding just a place, an environment, a group of people who allow me to foster my own growth and who also foster my growth. Um, And I think being in a stable environment in which I can regularly improve myself and work on my goals truly brings me a lot of happiness and being around people who are positive and who add to my life rather than you know subtract is is really important to that as well that's a wonderful answer i love that yeah kaylee's like way younger not way younger than me but you're like four or five years four years i think four younger, years yeah but like definitely more mature <laughs> that's a great <laughs> i don't know about that maybe today no, i think so I um I know I was like oh, I'm living I don't know who I think oh Annie Annie just came to visit us last weekend with my brother and she was like I thought Kaylee was our age I was like no she literally just turned 25 but she probably acts way <laughs> more mature than us <laughs> but that's a great answer and I think that's really important and I think it's awesome that you've learned that earlier in life like surrounding yourself with positive people because pe- like people like before you realize it really do drain and they do take time and like that's not like a bad thing all the time like everybody goes through highs and lows but some people just kind of take more than they're giving and life's too short to waste on like that kind of stuff or to be like you know like why did I give so much energy to a friendship or yeah something when it's not even in the end it's like well they're not bothering to like foster that friendship or like grow or feed it as much as I am so yeah yeah, you've learned a lot of good lessons early on in life. Uh, yeah, I th- these are new lessons. I wouldn't, you know, a lot of reflection has gone into yeah. this. And well, I, lo- I think it's smart to to do that too. Like if you're not looking at yourself and like mm-hmm. self growth, and you're just either like comfortable in your misery or comfortable in just like, oh, I'm doing fine right now, so I don't mm-hmm. have to push myself or like get myself out of a comfort zone. Then you're just not really. I don't know. I, I never want to be like stagnant. Like yeah, you have to learn how to accept that change is not a bad thing too. Yeah. And like sometimes change is necessary. Um, like I try not to be afraid of change. I mean, heck, I moved eleven hours across country to move to Nashville, where I only knew one person. Like, and it was a great decision for me, and it was scary, but I'm really glad I did it. And I'm glad you're here too. Yeah, I know. I'm glad you did it. Yeah, you did the same thing. <laughs> yeah, I literally just DM'd Kaylee. And I was like, hey, you guys have been liking Nashville, right? 
yeah i was like how do you like it and she goes it's great i think you'd love it i'm like cool i think i'm gonna move there i was like okay cool do you want to be my roommate yeah i was like yeah thank you because i know nobody (laughs) i was like sold i don't have anybody else in my life (laughs) my cue i yeah i don't even i don't even know where i would have lived um by myself i every time i drive by i'm like like just on my way to work i'm like where would i have lived out here (laughs) <laughs> Brentwood would have been Brentwood's nice I really like it but I'm like it would have been like lonely and I would have had to drive back to the city anyways yeah I actually I stayed in I lived in Brentwood for like two months when I first got here because I slept on my friend's couch for the first two months I was here because <laughs> our lease didn't start oh, yeah, until yeah, June yeah. and I was like so ready to just come here that I I ended up calling up my friend Emily and being like hey can I just come crash on your couch for two months and she was like yeah it's fine yeah, I know. <laughs> um, Kaylee was gone one weekend <laughs> yeah <laughs> she came back and was like i'm out goodbye i will say i can be a little bit impulsive sometimes i don't do well with staying in the same place for very long but like and like even w- i was ready to leave blacksburg when i was done i love blacksburg but i was i was done when i was done i was done when i was done with dc like yeah but i will say i i think i might be here for a while i really like nashville yeah no i felt the same about um i've only been to back to liberty like maybe twice mm-hmm. and it, i mean the campus is growing and it's gorgeous but at the same time, I'm like, my Lynchburg memories are my Lynchburg memories. It was cool. It was great. Sometimes not so cool, but like, it's what it is. It's like Even different like, going back to your yeah, like college Yeah, it's so different. And either people, I think, stay for a while. Yeah. And then they become those, like, the Berg people. I mean, mm-hmm. Blacksburg, Lynchburg, like, they mm-hmm. become the Berg. Um, and then I feel like it's hard to switch out of, like, that college, like, mindset. Yeah. Um, and then yeah, DC. Oh, I never wanted to come back, and then I was there forever. Time yeah. flies. <laughs> yeah, I will say like even though I hate on DC, like there are places, there are parts of DC that I miss and that I love, and I hope to like visit. But I love like DC as a tourist. Yeah. Love great place to visit. Yeah, ten out of ten would yeah. highly recommend. So however. much to see, so much to do, like a lot of history. Like I love museums, love history. Mm-hmm. Um, just for so many reasons, I would not live there again. Yeah, but living there is just a, yeah, no. It's different. It's way different. But yeah, great to visit. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right, I think on that note, it's going to be a wrap. Thank you so much, Kaylee. Thanks for having me. Of course. And until next time, guys, bye. Thanks for listening to Mornings with Mercy, your weekly dose of inspiration. 